Romans chapter 12. Uh, so we got through uh, chapter 9 in one week. We got through chapter 10 in one week. We got through chapter 11 in one week. Chapter 12. Now, we're gonna, I, I think two weeks. Maybe three, but I, I've got to kind of plan for two. We're only going to go uh, the first eight verses, okay? I'm going to read it. It's kind of big stuff. It's like one of these like Roman 8 types of things uh, where like, you know, when you get there, you kind of want to linger over it. It's kind of really... But okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all the members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, starts off, famous, first two verses are very famous to us. I beseech you, I'm begging you, is what he's saying. Ordering you? Nope. Begging. This is something you can't really order up. It's like ordering your spouse. I order you to love me. I guess you can say the words, but it doesn't work that way. And God wants us to be His. He wants us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's the burnt offering. It's the one that harks back to Levitical offerings. That It's the one that's consumed entirely by fire. Uh, like the idea is God gets the whole thing. You know, some of the sacrifices, you know, God gets some the way it's, and the priest gets some, and the worshiper gets some. And, you know, it's kind of like joy all the way. Not this one. This one, it's, it's just God's. And this is what God is asking of us. You know, I've been saying that this time through Romans, he's been uh, talking to me in a way that he hasn't spoken before. And like this is one of those things. Um, I look at this as like our relationship with God and then our relationship one with another in the, in the body and then our relationship with those outside the body. If you don't have this foundation built, when it gets to bless them that persecute you, bless and curse not, okay, People who persecute, those are going to be people outside the body. Can you bless them outside of this foundation? You're going to be building in, 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 in midair. You, there's no, nothing will hold it there. If you can't do what God's asking us to do here, you, you are not going to build the second story, and you're not going to build the third story. But I've seen this a lot of times in my own life. If me and God are on the outs, so are me and Sue's. Because I'm chippy and I'm nasty to get along with and I'm selfish and I'm being a jerk and you don't think that's going to have an effect in our marriage? If God's not speaking to me, do I have anything worthwhile to say to you? No, this is the foundation. This is foundational. Don't miss this. Don't try to skip on to bless those who persecute you, rejoice with them. Don't, don't skip this. This is like... And so I'm going to try to make the case, this includes you, and it includes you right now. You say, I've done this. Yeah, this is one of those things, you know. There's, there's something we do like once, and then there's some things we do like once as often as we like. Okay, the Holy Spirit has come to your life to live and abide forever. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so, you know, we, I've, I've talked to people 
Baptist style people. Oh, the Holy Spirit's come, and I don't have, and, and that's it, and that's. I know what you're saying, but the but in Roman and Romans in Ephesians it tells us to keep continually be being filled with the Spirit. It's not a once for all thing. I need a fresh filling as often as I need a fresh filling. What's that? Daily. At least weekly, it seems to me, right? I need I need a I need a 2023 filling that 2022's filling won't. It just doesn't work that way. I need God all the, constantly pouring into me. I think this is one of those things that you... Have you ever done this? I, I bet you have. I bet you have. I'd be surprised if there's people here say, I've, I've, never, I've never offered myself to God. I'd be surprised. So what, 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 are, we, what are we looking at? I'd say do it again and again and again as often as, as you find yourself. Because it's a living sacrifice, which is an oxymoron. You know oxymoron, right? Military intelligence, jumbo shrimp, just things that aren't the seeming opposites. A living sacrifice is an oxymoron. You can't live and be a sacrifice except this one you can and god wants it he, he's not asking us to commit harry carry okay you know shogun style get a sword rip it around in your innards and pull out your intestines and die honorably no <laughs> no he, he is actually in a spiritual way it blood won't flow but what will happen is you're going to give him your body. Does he want your body? It's holy. He considers that a holy offering. Say, so what if I'm, my body ain't much. I'm, at this point in my life, I'm, I've got AIDS. Uh, I've got cancer. I've got a few months to live. He wants this? Yes. I, I, I'm nothing special. I'm not real talented. I'm not very bright. He wants this. Yes. I'm not really in good shape. He wants my body. Yes. Yes. I listened to a guy this week, and he went on and on about the body and what constitutes the body. You know what the body is. I ain't going to spend any time with that. Look, body, soul, and spirit. If you've got your body, he's got the whole package, right? I mean, he really does. Because wherever... I know that this isn't me. I know this is just a shell. This is just the spacesuit that, inhabit, that I, I use to inhabit in this environment. It works real good. But if I give it to him, he's got the whole package. I know that. This isn't me. After this tips over and they burn it and it's all done, I still go on. But right now, if you're looking for me, this is where I'll be. And if he has this, he has the whole he is everything. That's what I'm saying. Does he want it? Yes. It's holy. It's acceptable unto God. Why, Adam, should I give him my body? Because it's your reasonable service. Now, the Greek word for reasonable is logikos. <laughs> yeah, one of uh, logical. We get the word logical. It's very reasonable. It's very logical. Okay? Uh, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Okay? It's logical that you should... He, he purchased something when he died for you. It's logical that he should get what he paid for. Right? When you controlled your life, that was chaos. I know, because it was when I controlled my life. It's logical he knows how to run our lives better than we know how to run our lives. That's, 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 that's simple logic. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. We're going to be talking about gifts here. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know how I'm supposed to use them. It's logical that you give your body to him. He knows how to operate gifts. 
uh, my mind is cluttered. It doesn't work all that well. I got brain fog. I don't know how to please him. I don't know what. Give him your body. It's logical. What are you, uh, Mr. Spock here or something? No, logic is logical. It's, it's yeah, whatever. Uh, it, it's not logical that we should do anything else. It's not logical that we should somehow think that we know better than God. That we can do godly things, that we can do ministry, that we can be a benefit to the body of Christ, that we can operate our spiritual gifts, that we can present ourselves outside of the faith community in a way that is a blessing. It's not logical to think that we can do that outside of first giving, offering ourselves to God. So what does that look like? It looks like, Lord, here I am afresh. I give myself to you. I know, I know. I'm not much. Uh, but you want me, you got me. You bought me with a price. I'm not holding anything back, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. You've got it all. You're the Lord, I'm not. Take what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Do I have to close my eyes? Do I have to bow? Not if you're driving, because it looks like everyone else is driving like that anyway, right? So, whatever. Do I have to be in church? Do I have to be home? Do I have to do this in private? Whatever. Whenever you feel yourself like, okay, I'm really making bad choices. I'm really in control. Offer your body to him afresh. It's only logical, and it's your logical. It says service here, but it's a service that the priest has, and it's a special word for service. It's not just like serving the Lord, which it, but it is that. But it's, it's your spiritual, your reasonable act of worship. That's what it is. That's how we worship God. Lord, it's all yours. That's what he's calling for. It's like, it's like priestly service, not just serving God. But it is that. Okay, we got that really important verse. You skip that, go ahead and take a nap and be well rested. This next part won't pertain to you. I'm just telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to outline, you have to start here, okay? You, I mean, if you're going to go uh, on with the Lord, this is like, this is the ground floor, this is where you get in. This is why he purchased uh, you, this is why he purchased me. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Well, Adam, why would we be conformed to this world? Listen. Don't tell me it's hard for me every day not to be conformed to this world. There's a dragnet out there, and they, as early as kindergarten and preschool, they want you to be conformed to this world. They're telling you how to think about gender, how to think about uh, race relations, how to think about everything. This is the narrative. Buy into it. That's all there is. And if you don't think that way, we're going to badge you and hound you and call you names, and we're going to, uh, you, you, you're going to be canceled, and, and that's all there is to it. Oh, there's never, ever been a time in my life where we're, we're, they're trying to conform us to their thinking more than they are right now. Give up your rights. We're, we know better. We're the government. Oh, man, I got mad the other day at work. Uh, a guy was talking about the vaccine, and he's talking about those who are like a little confused because they're worried about their rights. And he went just like this, so condescending. I hate condescending. I hate being... My just bad Adam comes to the front there, and, he, and I was really struggling, okay? Uh, he spoke like, oh, their, their rights. And their, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Their rights? Their... Our blood and treasure have died on battlefields to secure us our rights. Yeah, I think I have a right not to get myocarditis. And I'm probably about, to, whoa, 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 we don't want to talk politics here. And I thought, like, you know, I'm just, uh, our rights. 
He's conformed to this world. He bought it, Locke, talking about, yeah, give your rights away. We don't care. It's just rights. Man, he's so conformed. I thought, you get your talking points from the DNC every day, and you come in here with that tripe, that, oh, man. Hey, I'll just say this. Oh, don't be bad at him about it, okay? He was standing on my last nerve, and I was, and I, I didn't apologize to him. I didn't say anything, that, but my attitude was not the best. I will say that. But they stopped it before it got any. And I said what I felt like I had to say. So, and on we go. Hey, hey, this, con- this conformity like there's never been conformity before. And if you believe in what is written here in this book, you are counter culture. You are a rebel. You are intolerant and you will not be tolerated. I'm telling you, Hang on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. They are going for it. They are not... You know, before I was like, uh, I don't know in my life it's ever been a Christian nation, but at least people were like sympathetic. Ah, he's got that religion thing going. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some people put model airplanes together. Some people have religion. It's this hobby. Whatever. Oh, no, those days are gone. They're so gone. They're so gone. I, I, I was all during, during the, the pandemic. People said, I can't wait till we return to normal. I said, normal is a thing of the past. It's a new normal now. Persecution's in place. We'll tell you when you can and can't worship and when you can and can't go to church. We'll tell you what you can and can't. We'll tell you who you can and can't marry. You know, I, I've talked to you before. It's against the law. If a gay couple comes to me and says, we want to be married, it's against the law for me to say, Mm-mm, not this boy. Say, so you'd marry a gay couple, Adam? Oh, don't you worry about that. Don't you even set your mind to get nerved up about that. The answer is no, I'm not a hater, but I know what Scripture says. And I can't say you guys are happily married when God says that's not a marriage. Okay? I cannot, and therefore I will not. And we have language in our church uh, constitution that says that I cannot not only not marry homosexual couples. I can't even attend uh, a gay marriage. By the way, which I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not conformed to this world. I don't care how much peer pressure that there is. Uh, peer pressure happens. Uh, we still see it happening. Don't be conformed to this world. Well, how can I not be? I'm on Facebook. I watch TV. How can I not be conformed to this world? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If any man be Christ is a new creation. If you're a new creation, you're to think like a new creation. You're going to be transformed. How? Your mind is renewed. And when your mind is renewed, you're going to be able to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? I know what God wants. Why? Because my mind's renewed. How does we get... How do we not conform it? How do we get a transformed mind? Oh, I'm glad you asked. And I really am. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse. I was going to be able to. I was going to turn right to it. Maybe it's 1 Corinthians 5. Stand by. I'll get it. No. I, I was going to make a point, and I want to make it because it's really an important point. What is it? Second, what? No, that's be transformed by the... No, that's uh, if any man be in Christ, a new creation, all things have passed away, all things have become new. No, it's not that. Uh, I hate when I uh, make a, and I even put my uh, uh, bookmarker in there so I could uh, come up with it. Uh, let's just see how well my technology is going to work for me, if I can get to it quick. Um, I beseech, acceptable, uh, reasonable. <laughs> I'm almost there. Hang with me, okay? 
renewing of the mind, transformed. It's metamorpho, by the way. 2 Corinthians 3.18, not 5.18. Tommy, I can be forgiven. You guys have to forgive me. That's the way it works. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Oh, I have my... <laughs> Never mind. I'm super dumb. But we all... With open face. Now he's talking about like Moses put the veil over his face. The children of Israel couldn't steadfastly look until the end uh, of that which is abolished. But their minds were blind. And from this day remained at the same veil and taken away in the reading of the Old Testament. You know how that whole passage there? It ends with this. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We have a transformed mind when we look into the face of God. Is that the only way? I wouldn't suspect so. I think the other way is the Bible. But I think as we seek God, as we live, the, the, the theological term is quorum deo, as we live in the face of God. We live like uh, everything's happening right under his watchful gaze, right under his nose, as it were. Uh, everything. And we act and behave like he's watching and like it matters. That's really important. Now, I would think that there are more than two genders if I didn't know the Bible. Everyone says so. And everyone can't be wrong, or can they? Well, I know what the Bible says. In the beginning, he made them male and female. So if I didn't know the Bible, and the Bible all the way through the Bible says that we're supposed to read the Bible, that it's the Word of God, that it tells us what we need to know, that it's able to make us into the people. that There's much in that. So I think that's kind of a given. I think to the point where he doesn't even have to say, listen, you know what's going to transform your mind? The Word of God's going to transform your mind. And if you've been saved for like a week and legitimate and you really love the Lord, you've seen that the Bible has an impact in your life, in your thinking, that we're going to run contrary to the way the world runs by this. And so we live in the face of God and we take in the Word of God. And then our minds are transformed, constantly renewed, and then we're able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you do that outside of the Word of God? I, I, I don't know how. I love you. I don't know how. I, I'm not really a Bible guy. Get to be. Well, I'm not much of a reader. Get to be. <laughs> and if you don't read, listen. I mean, like, there was a time when I was talking to people who were, like, functionally illiterate and trying to get them to read the Bible. That happened. Here, I don't think anybody, but perhaps, in a way, I don't know. But those days have passed. You don't have to be uh, really literate, super, like, the Bible, somebody will read it to you. It's in your pocket. You turn it on and you can listen. It's, it's incredible. And listen to, pig out. Listen to like books a day. Do, do as much as you want. Will it have a transforming effect? I guarantee you it will. Uh, how do you get to be like me? And not that like I'm the envy of everybody. I, I've grown in the things of the Lord and I haven't fallen off. Uh, I haven't... Uh, I don't know how to say this right. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. And it's always an important thing to me. I like telling stories where I'm not the hero in them. But I also know, if I think about myself rationally, I also know that I've never backslidden for a long season in my life. Suze hasn't. We haven't. We hold each other accountable. Well, She holds me accountable, let's just say that. I don't ever, I can't remember a time when I really get in her face. Honey, come on, the Lord, let's go. How about it? You know, I, I, can't, I can't remember a time of that. But we've never really had a big backsliding time. It's kind of uh, assumed that we're going to be serving the Lord till the day we die. You know, I don't know that we've made that pact. I don't know that we've ever, you know, this is the way it's going to be. We just kind of understand that's the way it is. And we've always been Bible people. Uh, we've read through the Bible 40-something times now, right? We're in our 44th, 45th time. 
I don't know, 43rd? I don't know. A lot of times we're going to read about it and it's going to keep on having its impact on us. It's going to keep on cleaning. It's going to keep on changing. It's going to keep on, we're moving from glory to glory. We see God in the pages of Scripture. We live in the face of God. We get more and more like Him. And we don't think like, man, I tell you, if there's two people I know who don't think like everybody else, it's you and me. We're like, we're way out there. We're like... But others of us, I look around the room, others of us are there too. You know what I mean. We're not in a crazy place. We are to the ones who are going to the crazy place and looking at us like, we haven't changed. You moved. You're the ones out. But they, the world conforms them. And the world keeps going to a... Every time you think, wow, this is bottom, they get out of shovel and they dig deeper. It's crazy. We're not that. We've, we've given ourselves to God. Our minds are being renewed. We know what God's acceptable and perfect will is. It's easy peasy. I got a verse for that. I mean, you know, people come and they ask me, so, that's easy. I got, a, I got a verse. So so right here. This is what you're asking. This is the answer. You know what the problem is? The yeah, buts. Well, yeah, but I don't know what to do with that. It's the word of God. Well, you don't believe it? I, all I got. But this will renew your mind. This won't conform you to the world. The last thing I ever want to be ever in my life is conform to this world. You know how much I don't want to be conform to this world? This is a true story. This is silly and this is stupid. You're never going to think about me the same. I heard, like, I probably was 12, and I heard that, like, 93% of people put their right sock on before their left sock and their right shoe on before their left shoe, even if they're left-handed. And I just started putting my left sock on first and my left shoe on first just because I don't want to be like everybody else. Everyone else doesn't impress me. Now that is the stupidest thing you've probably ever heard me say and it's true to this day. I just don't want to be like everybody else. I'm not impressed by everybody else. They're, they're trying to conform me in the mold that I never wanted to be part of. And then, of course, people do this even in church circles. God wants us to all be conformed to his image, but different from each other. Have you ever thought about fingerprints? Now it's the eye scan. No iris, no eye scans are the same. That's why you can go in thing will look at your eyes and don't know who it is. You know, if you have a right to be in that building or whatever it is. They do it with thumbprints. They do it with... Why did God... Two, two snowflakes are like... You know how many snowflakes there are? God is incredible in his variance. He doesn't want to... He doesn't turn out cookie-cutter Christians. He doesn't want us to be like everybody else. He's gone through great lengths to demonstrate that. You be you. You'll do a great job of it. Nobody else can. I don't want to be Ken Graves. Oh, I love Ken Graves. I love Ken Graves. I can't be like him. Nor should I want to be in the sense of, I mean, in some ways, I, I actually want to be like him. But I can't. One Ken Graves is enough. And I don't say that disparagingly. It's enough for the church of Jesus Christ. There was, I was clone of his. It was no Adam Casper's act. I'd, I think that was kind of a sad thing. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you and every woman that is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than he or she ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Listen. So think of ourselves. Take a rational, sober assessment of who you are. If I talk to some people, and I was talking about spiritual gifts, some people think it's humble and, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a spiritual gift. Please, it's not humble. You're just making a liar out of Scripture. And please don't do that. And you say, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Fair enough. Is that fair enough? That's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person. That is, th th now, before we get there, don't think it's, hey, I get it all. I'm the complete pack. I mean, c you know better than anybody. I'm, I have got it all going on. I am every gift that you can come up with. I, 
am the epitome. And you should aim to try to be just like me. I'm the exact pinnacle of spirituality. Right? I've got a gift. You've got a gift. And let's both minister them. And I'll tell you something about God, the way he does. I'm broken on purpose by him. I'm not all that. I need you. Uh, never can you see this more than in a marriage. I mean, if we're both the clones, one of us is unnecessary, right? Uh, and it's kind of funny to me. Everything I'm not, she is. Uh, everything that she's not, I am. We really fit together, really like hand in glove. I, I, and probably that's true of, of most all married couples, I think. We get along, we have a lot of the same interests, but there's something she does so easily, so effortlessly, and I just look and say, ay, ay, ay. And it's frustrating to the person who thinks that everybody is like them or supposed to be like them. How come you just can't, I don't have it in me. I'm not going to have it in me. I can work very hard at that thing that I'll never be able to conquer. And sides, you got it. Again, you do you. We'll, we'll, between the two of us, we'll get it done. Uh, or, in a biblical context, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, I'm going to say this. Don't be... Don't think you're all that. Be sober about this. But don't be too... Oh, I'm just not... I'm just not worthwhile. I'm just not... Stop that. That's not, that's not humble. That's not biblical. Okay, don't, he's given all of us for a reason to the body. Now, let's get dispense of that. You know, I, I love Jesus, I just don't love the body of Christ. Stop that, I don't love the body of Christ, I just love Christ. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, and by the way, uh, remember, the body of Christ is also the bride of Christ. If someone says to me, Adam, I love you. I just can't stand your wife. You ain't going to be besties with me. I just, I just think I'd tell you that. And I think Jesus, I don't know if I can speak of him, but I think the same way. Uh, I love you, Jesus. I just hate your bride. Uh, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so he's given us all gifts, and he's going to talk about these gifts. Now, when we talk about gifts, I want you to understand something. Romans, he's going to give us a few gifts, and he's going to make a point about the giftedness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he gives a few gifts, and he makes his point about giftedness. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it's more gifts like roles in the church, but, and he makes this point. I don't think any of the lists are exhaustive. I don't think they're supposed to be. So you get all these things together, and you cancel out the ones that are... are uh, saying the same thing, and now you've got a list of gifts, and they sell books, and they sell like tests. Here's 20 bucks, you go to this seminar, you take this test, and it's very, it's, it's, all it is is just like psychology, which I've never been a fan of. Uh, just think about psychologists. What is it? Psych, soul, ologist, doctor. They're a soul doctor. They're not even sure you have a soul. They never talk about sin. You know, what's ailing you, more often than not, is sin. Either you're sinning or somebody has sinned against you. And that has to be addressed and that has to be taken care of before we move on. And they never get around to that. I'm not a big fan of psychology. Sorry. And if you can convince me why I ought to be. So they give you this test. And all this is a psychological profile. And you do this, and you care about this, and you don't care about this. And they have this, and now you're, so you have the gifts of prophecy. Because you care about the future, and you're very quick to get there before everyone else is. Maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Make a sober assessment. And besides, your friends will help you out. And I have this idea too. Without naming your gift, you can probably minister your gift without going through these psychological profiles to figure it out. Do what God's called you to do, and you'll probably be ministering your gift in a very real way. I've never seen anything in Scripture saying, first, find your gift. 
And that kind of is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We can't make up gifts, though. I don't think they're exhaustive lists, but I don't think like what you do naturally, then you just turn into a spiritual. I don't think it works that way. I really don't. I remember early on, we were in uh, Roger Tracy's church, and he said, okay, everyone write on you what you think your spiritual gift is, right? And everyone in the, there's about 18 of us, was a small class, a Sunday school class, and we all, it was on spiritual gifts, and we all wrote our spiritual gift. At that time, I thought mine was exhortation. I still think it's exhortation. <laughs> I think I was right. <laughs> I think I made a sober assessment. I think I'm an exhorter. Uh, uh, so, and people wrote like bookkeeper. I remember that specifically. And he goes, that's so important that, you know, we need people to keep books and... Spiritual gift of bookkeeper. Listen, I think the spiritual gifts make us a composite Jesus Christ. So it's not like bookkeeper. Now, I'm, I, I'm glad if your spouse keeps the books at home and they can balance a checkbook Praise God. Uh, we have, uh, Brenda keeps the books for us here at church. She's the treasurer. Is she particularly gifted? I, I don't know. I don't think there is a bookkeeper. i tell you what she is. She is integrous to the nth degree. That's what she is. Well, Sue's could do that. Uh, she's got a lot of integrity, but I never wanted that. And others of you have integrity, and you can write checks and about I, I get that i get that but that's brenda's contribution and she's doing a, a great job and i never wanted Sue's to or me to have any part of any money in the church whatever and people always accuse you are oh, you just in it for the money <laughs> one shut up you have no idea what you're talking about uh uh and, it, and it's never been that way so we've gone through great pains to make sure that it's not that way and it never is going to be that way uh so i think like so is integrity a spiritual gift? I don't think so. We're all supposed to have integrity. Uh, is doing sums and doing subtraction, is that a spiritual gift? Nah, I know if you went to public school before, I don't know, yeah, you should probably be able to do that. If you go now, eh. maybe, I don't, I don't know. We have many members in one body. All members have not the same office because God's given us gifts. So we being many are many, are, are one body in Christ and, every, and everyone members one of another. You thought I was clowning around or over saying when I thought like when you said I was at the garden tomb and I had communion. This is more special to me. This is my, what's more intimate than a body. Yeah, we're, we're members of the household of faith. Family members, that's big. My family members here are more important than my family members with the same DNA, with the same last name. Always has been that way. Susan tell you, I'm not lying. We're one body but like a body, we're made up of different parts. And God designed it that way. No cookie cutters here. No clones. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So we all have gifts, whether you can name them or whether you cannot. If, and now he's going to give us some examples. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And it's a grace gift. It doesn't mean you're wonderful. It doesn't mean you're awesome. It doesn't mean you're smart. It doesn't mean you're strong or mighty or anything. It just means it, God gave you this because he loves everybody. Someone told me once, God loves the Christians in Fairfield so much that he gave you as a pastor. And I thought like, <gasps> I cried like a baby. I think that's true. He loves me so much he's given me you. It's a big deal. I know to some people it's not. I know that. You know why it's not a big deal? I'm going to tell you. We haven't renewed our mind. We're thinking in terms like the world. Church, whatever. I don't care. I'm there, I'm not there. It's not important. 
It's not important that I minister my gift. We have different gifts according to the grace that is given to us. And, okay, he gives an example. Whether, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Prophecy is more in this passage, foretelling. Foretelling than foretelling. This prophecy it means just what I'm doing now, preaching the Word of God. I'm not saying really anything about the future, per se. I'm just saying, you know, prophets in Scripture foretold the future, among other things. They also call people to obey, like right here, right now. Um, prophecy here, I think here, uh, like I listened to one guy, he, I'm a cessationist, and he, that was it. <laughs> and he went on to something else, and I'm thinking, yeah, but what is it telling us? Because he he's saying at that time that was a thing, but it's not really a thing now. Oh, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. If you can make that case with me, please come and make it. I've heard people try, and I think they, it's desperately inadequate. Can people still prophesy? Some, you know, in the New Testament, the Agabus, we see uh, Philip's four virgin daughters there. They all prophesied. Incredible. Uh, we'll do that according to faith. God's saying, you know, I want you to go tell this one something, something, something. Oh, I can never do that. Oh, it's a, you've got to step out on faith. If you're going to be a prophet of God, you step out on faith. Um, prophecy's hard. Priest is simple, cut here, <laughs> put this on a sacrifice, rinse this. Spirituality by numbers. You do it long, all, enough times, you can do it in your sleep. Prophet, you have to be, you have to wait on God. You have to have a special relationship with God. That's why I figure there's not that many prophets these days. And then sometimes, you know, you go on YouTube, oh, prophets galore. Except they never get it right, hardly. Don't let that... Don't let me talk you into not having the gift if God's given you the gift of prophecy. I've had people come and tell me, I, I, I don't know, does this verse mean anything to you? And they share a verse and stuff, and it means everything to me. It's what I've been praying about. It's what I'm waiting for. Now somebody gives me a verse, and I say, all right, Lord, thank you. There's still prophets out there. You have to do it in faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Let us wait our, is all in italics, or ministry on ministering, is what it says. Do it. Yeah, you got ministry, uh, yeah, service is the word. So I got here and Stillings out there putting the sand down, stuff like that. Who told him he's supposed to do that? I don't know. God? Just, just a thought. Just a thought. Hey, uh, God's calling me to, I'm going to step out. and I think that's how it works. I really think so. I, I, uh, I'm not trying to like, you know, I mentioned Brendan, I mentioned, uh, and I mentioned Susan, I mentioned uh, Sterling. And I don't want, I'm not trying to puff people up, but I'm trying to give you examples, okay? Or he that teacheth on teaching. You're a teacher? You got to teach. Um, I think this is uh, one of my gifts. And can you have more than one? Yeah, and I think you have them in different combinations. Whatever glorifies God, God can do what God wants to do. He that exhorteth on exhortation, because there's teaching and then there's exhorting. It's kind of like, exhorter, I think, like almost like a cheerleader. Come on, you can do this. Uh, I want to build people up in the faith. I want to exhort. I want to... And I try not to chastise. It's, that's a hard one. I don't want to bring people down. Come on, let's go. And, you know, people do that. They go to church and they get beat up and they think it's wonderful. Ah, oh, church is great today. He really laid it into us and stuff. Uh, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend, to be sure. And sometimes the, the word of God comes across kind of harsh. Cause, and I think those are times when we're at cross purposes of what God's trying to do in our lives. But I don't want to be hot, purposefully harsh. I want to build you up. I want to say like, hey, 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 you can do this. You know why I know you can do it? Because I was in the same place you were. And God spoke to my heart. And the Spirit of God led me and took me to that place where I, 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 know, you, I know you can. 
I know you can. I want to. I want to be that 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 faithful brother. Uh, and so I thought, like I was a year in, and I was uh, you know, just a new Christian. I thought I was an exhorter. I I still think so. <laughs> he that giveth, uh, giving a tremendous ministry that is. Let him do it with simplicity. I just give a dollar at a time because that's really simple. The math is really. That's not what it means, by the way. Uh, it's kind of like the idea of like diligence, you know. Um, uh, I know it says he that ruleth with diligence, but it's kind of the same idea. God's call you to do something, do it. Just do it. Simple. It is simple, by the way. And he that ruleth with diligence, well, you're the ruler because you're the pastor of the church. Oh, no. I wish that never happened in churches. It kinda, it's kind of happened all over the place. I have to chair the board because it's what Calvary Chapel does. It's one of the Calvary distinctives. I don't really like to do it. Board meetings, I love to get together with the people of God and visit, but I'm, board meetings, I'm bored. Chair it? Uh. <laughs> My gift? Not at all. Am I a ruler guy? I got my hands full with my life. I'm not trying to rule anybody else's life. But it doesn't mean that. It means like leadership. You know, some people get there quicker than others. Some people are visionaries. They see a situation. I know what needs to be done here. And they can just simply step out and let's get this, let's do this. I'm not that. It's not my gift. Uh, you have to be when you're a pastor. Not necessarily. So I went to one church. I don't want to disparage anyone. Boy, he was, he was a good teacher. He was not a leader. He would take a well-oiled machine, throw a wrench in it, and gum it up, so break it so bad that nobody could fix it. Just get out of the way. Let us, we got a plan. We're going to do something here. And, oh, my goodness. He'd have 30 guys waiting while he... Rinsed out a paintbrush. You know what the time that we could be getting stuff done here? He was a leader, and he didn't have leadership skills. And he just thought, I think he thought like he was supposed to be in front of everything. If we were going to buy hymnals, he was chaired the hymnal buying committee. If we are going to buy a, a new uh, piano for the church, he was the head of the piano buying committee. Uh, he had a hand in what color we were going to paint the walls, what color the carpet was going to be, what. And I think he thought, honestly, well, I'm just serving the Lord, and I'm just, you know, I'm the pastor, and I should be, just, just go study the Bible and preach a good sermon on Sunday. And he could do that. He was a fine Bible teacher. I learned a lot from him. He couldn't lead his way out of a wet paper bag, and he just gummed up everybody who's, he just couldn't lead. And if he hears this, Sorry, <laughs> but, <laughs> and he might, he told me when he was in Maine that, you know, he listened to me, he was, uh, uh, he had, and I had a secret admirer, and he was likely to talk like that, too. Um, um, so him that ruleth with diligence, him that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, and we'll end here. Uh, do you need cheerful, do people need mercy? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Do I need mercy yeah, all the time? Might I come to you and say, hey, I'm sorry about... It's, yeah, at some point I'm going to. I, why? I got a little bit of my history. I know how I am. I'm going to say something out of character. I'm going to say something, just have a flush or other. I know. I know. I know how I am. One of you guys are going to stand on my last nerve like that rights guy did the other... <laughs> I, I know how it is, and I'm going to shoot off my mouth, and I'm going to see, oh, I shouldn't have said that, and I'm going to, and I'm going to need mercy. You can drag me over the coals if you want. I hope you don't. I hope you're merciful to me. With cheerful, hey, hey, don't sweat it, brother. I, so people come to me. I, forgiveness isn't an option. Mercy is, is kind of a little bit different, but it's not like, uh, well, this ain't my gift, so I don't have to forgive anyone. We're not talking about that. Uh, so people comment, it's like, you be so merciful. Oh, I've been shown all kinds of mercy. And I want to be a cheerful about this, but some people have that spiritual gift. They restore and bring people in. They don't chastise them. They don't make them feel like, you know, 
Okay, this time, just be on the, you better straight up and fly right. Like Jesus does, right? No, not at all, right? We know better than that. Okay, so this is a good place to stop. Because now, next time we get together, it's going to be, let love be without dissimulations, where we use all the time. Hypocrisy, right? Now, we've gone through the two tiers. You've you got to present your body as a living sacrifice. None of this other stuff you're going to be able to do. I love you. you. You won't. You won't do it. You won't be able to do it. You'll want to do it. You'll see that it's a smart thing to do, but you, you're not going to have the power to do it. And then our relationships one to another. I'm going to have great relationships outside the body of Christ and inside the body of Christ. I am not even speaking to you. I am so... How does that... You, you have to realize that's not going to, it doesn't work like that, right? I mean, we have to know that. Okay, I've kept you two, four minutes over. Oof. I try not to do that, but I wanted to get this whole passage in. So let's stand and let's... You got another song in you, don't you, kiddo? Hey, you're doing okay. I know. You're doing okay, though. Let's pray. Father, I can't pray on anyone's behalf to present their body a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. I would if I could. But I trust, Lord, that your spirit's been moving among us. Father, I pray now that you would just move among us and bring us to the place where you want us to be, that place of surrender to you. We don't want to be like everybody else. We don't want to think like everybody else. We want to think the right thoughts about you. We want to be different, peculiar people, your own, your own treasure. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.